A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. Jesus said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So the twelve went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. Who doesn't yearn to escape to some remote, out-of-the-way place without TV or cell phones, if even for just a few days? In the light equipment rules that Jesus gives to his disciples, we tend to hear this contemporary longing for a return to a simpler life. In the disciples' equipment rule, The point is not primarily poverty or lack of demands. It is clear, however, that the deficient equipment of the missionary disciples is meant to be a sign. We know how to read the signs of the times. When our projects are going well, interest is growing and our prospects look promising. We recognize that it's a good time to commit even more resources. For Jesus, it's just the opposite. It is immediately after Jesus' rejection in his hometown that he sends out the disciples two by two. Opposition to the proclamation is itself a sign of the coming of the kingdom. When the prophet Amos arrived at Bethel, the king's sanctuary, Amaziah, the priest, insisted that Amos was not welcome there. Amos, in effect, replied, I don't need the king's permission. It was the Lord, not the king, who took me from following the flock and said to me, Go, prophesy to my people Israel. But that does not mean that the king will be open to hear the prophet's word. As Jesus reminded us last week, prophets are not accepted in their hometown. Today's gospel is part of another Mark and Sandwich. In between the sending out of the disciples and their return, Mark interrupts the narrative to tell about a banquet hosted by King Herod, where the head of John the Baptist is served on a platter for dessert. Just as John prepared the way for Jesus, his death, too, prefigures Jesus' death at the hands of Herod. The message is clear. This is risky work, and we cannot undertake this mission alone. This is community work. We're always sent out, two by two. They were given authority over the unclean spirits. We immediately think of them grappling with possessed people and somehow restoring them to full functioning in their families and communities. In a sense, this is accurate. But the emphasis is not on the sudden and positive change of the afflicted 
or on the disciples displaying miraculous curative abilities. Rather, both communities and individuals are urged and instructed to rethink the taboos and restrictions around clean and unclean boundaries. They went out and proclaimed that all should repent. The twelve, symbolizing the twelve tribes of Israel, are sent out primarily to create an alternative community based on a new teaching about divine holiness. Instead of fearing uncleanness and pushing away people who show unclean signs, they are to have faith to emulate the God who is mercy and compassion. The flip side of driving out unclean spirits, expelling demons and curing the sick, is the re-entry of the cured into the community. This re-entry is only possible if people have developed a new consciousness that supports this type of kingdom activity. The light equipment of Jesus' disciples is intended to point to the new thing that is happening in Israel. In every city and village where the disciples continue the ministry of Jesus, they find Jesus' adherents and sympathizers, people of peace, who receive them into their houses and provide everything for them. So the disciples are not alone. A clear sign of God's kingdom is the gathering of people together. Responding to the disciples' call, a new Israel is beginning to gather. The disciples are indeed without means, but they have everything. They are indeed poor, and yet they are rich. A group of people throughout the land, all of them seized by the reign of God, trusting one another without reservation, sharing with one another, caring for one another. This is an inexhaustible reserve. Their lack of provisions elicits the compassion that is the cornerstone of the new community. Welcoming the disciples is the first step toward welcoming those whom the disciples welcome the ones excluded because of their illness. Hospitality is an essential part of kingdom living. It is clear from the start that it could happen that in the evening Jesus' disciples might not find a house that would receive them, no people of peace, but only rejection, hatred, and hostility. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So it is bitterly necessary to pray in the morning for the next day's bread. Jesus and his disciples do not know whether a meal will be set before them in the evening. The German abbot Gerhard Lofink says that we can describe the original meaning of the bread petition in the Our Father as follows. Grant that today we will meet people who will take us into their houses and give us something to eat tonight, so that our lives, our food, are secured for one more day. If Jesus were intending the disciples to shake the dust off their feet as a testimony against them, the instruction sounds like, you reject me and I'll reject you. But Jesus came to gather not separate. 
A better translation might be as a testimony to them. This would fit the spirit of not taking anything along for the journey. The twelve are not being sent out to benefit or exploit. They go out with authority over unclean spirits and receptive to hospitality. If there is no offer of hospitality, they demonstrate that they are not there to take anything, not even the dust that is not freely given. Jesus doesn't tell his disciples why he wants them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts. He simply invites them to go and do. Maybe we don't think we have enough courage or enough faith, but Jesus tells us none of that matters. We don't need to take anything with us. Surely, there are people in our world who are in need of healing and ready to welcome a messenger of the kingdom whenever and however they appear.